It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust, here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast, a show that tries to answer the question, just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds. As always, I am your host, Jeremy Bray, better known to most of you on the interwebs as PCNerd37, and on the other end of Skype is my trusty co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Things are going well. Things are getting colder, but things are going well. Yeah, a little bit. I've noticed that things are starting to get a little cold here in Colorado, and the wind certainly doesn't help. Yeah, so you get the cold front before we do, so uh, we had a bit of a cold snap a few days ago, and um, it's receding a little bit, but uh, I'm sure it's a lot colder there than it is here. Right. It wasn't too bad today. I think it was in the 50s today, and it's supposed to be like around 60s a good part of this week, which is nice, but next weekend we're supposed to get back down into the highs of the 40s. But yeah, when I was in... Denver last week, especially after the sun got went down, it got a little on the chilly side, especially when you're standing outside when you can go in for a concert for, oh, I guess I was standing out there for probably close to an hour. Oh. Well, maybe uh, when we get a little further on the stories, maybe you'll realize you should have been playing video games. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. It was. I went and saw Epica last week, and... That's kind of hard to beat them in concert. But that, and I did get to, a chance to check out the King Tut exhibit in Denver. Oh, how was that? I know you were looking forward to that. That was pretty cool. I, it took me about two and a half hours to get through it, and that was with the audio tour and the 3D movie, which those were each an extra five bucks. And I think to go into it and see the exhibit was 25 bucks in and of itself, but it, it was definitely worth it. I I was kind of surprised at how much stuff there was that wasn't King Tut related. There was all kinds of like huge statues and all kinds of other stuff. And then it's like there was this portion at the end that was the King Tut. I, I would have liked to have seen more King Tut stuff, but mm-hmm. it, it, it was pretty cool. I was actually supposed to go see Dr. Zahi Hawass speak in Denver last week, but Things just kind of went sideways, and even though I already had my tickets and everything, I didn't get a chance to make it up there. So maybe someday I'll actually get to see him speak, because he's just awesome. Yeah, that's a bummer that it didn't work out. Yeah. that. Oh, maybe I'll have to fly somewhere else in the country and hear him speak for whenever the King Tut exhibits somewhere else in the country or something. Because I know when when it was in uh, Indianapolis, he spoke there as well, which I almost flew out there for that. But anyway, we've got a full show this week, like always. Actually, Mm -hmm. I had like 20 stories, and narrowing them down to 11 was very difficult today. It actually took me a couple of hours to do. 
because there were such good stories. But, um, of course, everybody can check out the show notes at globalgeeknews.com, along with all the other awesome things that are going on over at globalgeeknews.com. Didn't get a chance to get uh, a tips of the week up last week, so that makes, I guess, two weeks now. But I did get... I have gotten a number of other really cool things up there, including stories we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, the perfect wreath for computer hardware geeks, which if if you have if you like computer hardware, if you like putting computers together yourself, you definitely want to check this out. Especially if you like older hardware parts, like floppy disks and all kinds of stuff. There's like old RAM in here, heat sinks, hard drives, all in one wreath with an Ethernet cable bow. It, it, it's just perfect. I I would love to build me one like that. It's it's pretty cool. And I believe there. I think that mouse that's in there is even a ball mouse. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It would it would have to be. It, it's a Dell mouse for sure, but I can't tell. But I'm not positive if it's. I would say it's got to be a ball mouse since it still uses the old PS2 port. But anyway. Def- that's definitely worth checking out. There's um, stuff regarding WikiLeaks, how to access WikiLeaks since WikiLeaks.org has been taken down, why Amazon removed WikiLeaks. Um, for those that are in the military or have families in the military, Google is giving free $10 worth of free call credits to military families over the holidays using Google Voice or the phone video component of Gmail. So there's details on how to find out if you're eligible and stuff for that or what you have to do to get those $10 in credits on globalgeeknews.com. Uh, also a video up there of a droid 2 exploding in a man's ear. where he, I guess he ended up with four stitches, man down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, if you're a little bit squeamish, you might not want to watch it because it does have some graphic images. But uh, yeah, it makes you kind of think twice about wanting to place a phone up to your maybe maybe it's time to start thinking bluetooth <laughs> um and it's funny how his phone still works after all that yeah that, that's kind of strange yeah. but uh yeah supposedly motorola is going to be looking into the incident but yeah it exploded right around the speaker as to where it's all covered in blood and everything which I don't know. It seems kind of strange that it exploded around the speaker. Yeah, usually all the electronics are lower than that. Yeah, at least I, the major ones, like where the caps are and stuff, that's going to be closer to the power source. Yeah, and I would have figured if it was a battery that exploded, it would have done more damage than that. Yeah, and it wouldn't work. Yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, that, that's just one of many stories. I also came across a funny video last week of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arguing over pizza in the, uh, it's just some fan-made video using the Turtles in Time SNES game, which it's definitely worth checking out. It's an absolutely hilarious video. But, uh, yeah, there's that and a lot more over at globalgeeknews.com. So make sure to check that out. And like I said, don't forget, that's where you can find all the show notes to find out all of the stories that we get to go through this evening because there tends to be a lot of details that we do get to miss. And speaking of those stories, we'll go ahead and get started right off with... Right before we, we do that, let's oh. just say we're episode uh, 91. Oh, yeah, I, I 
totally forgot that. I, I need to get that worked into the intro somehow, the episode number. But yeah, speaking of episode 91, if anybody has any suggestions for stuff that they would like to see on episode 100, we are appro- rapidly approaching 100, and I am certainly taking any and all suggestions for ideas on what we should do for episode 100, whether it's trying to bring back all of our old guests, or going crazy and having 50 stories, or whatever, send your ideas to either at Global Geek News on Twitter, stick them in the comments, or you can always email us, globalgeeknews at gmail.com. And now, on to our stories. Starting with, WikiLeaks is... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Supporters of WikiLeaks have attacked PayPal because PayPal cut off monetary support to WikiLeaks. Yeah, PayPal is one in a long string of companies that have pushed WikiLeaks aside, Amazon being one of the biggest notable ones, um, and PayPal used the same argument as in a breach of terms of service in order to cut them off. And uh, apparently Anonymous is not too happy with people dissing their buddies at WikiLeaks and launched a DDoS attack on them and, and took them down for quite a while. Yeah, according to the statement released by Anonymous, which is, of course, 4chan, says, while we don't have much of an affiliation with WikiLeaks, we fight for the same reasons. We want transparency, and we counter censorship. The attempts to silence WikiLeaks are long strides closer to a world where we cannot say what we think and are unable to express our opinions and ideas. We cannot let this happen. This is why our intention is to find out who is responsible for this failed attempt at censorship. This is why we intend to utilize our resources to raise awareness, attack those against, and support those helping lead the world to freedom and democracy. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and PayPal isn't the only one that uh, has cut them off. I, I did read today that apparently whatever bank account or whatever bank in Switzerland that Julian Assange has his, that did he did his banking there, apparently froze his account today as well because they're, they want documentation that he's a Swedish citizen. <laughs> you have to be a Swedish citizen to have a sweet uh, an account there? Apparently so. Apparently you can't have a Swiss bank account without being a, a legal resident of Sweden, or at least not with the bank that he was using. Which makes me kind of wonder just how much money he had in there, which apparently wasn't stated. Wait, okay, I'm a little confused. Sweden or Switzerland? Oh, uh, I believe it was Switzerland. Switzerland, okay. Yeah, I'll have to double check that, but I do believe it was Switzerland. Sorry. Uh, some European company, con- uh, country of some sort. <laughs> yeah, one of those countries over in the EU. Yeah, this is amazing how all this um, negativity is heading towards one company, and it surrounds one company, um, and they have yet to be charged with any doing anything illegal, or any charges at all have been brought up against them. Yeah, supposedly the Department of Justice is looking fine, looking hard to find something that they can charge him with and I believe and there's been all kinds of people in the US calling for various things to be done to him I I believe um, I think 
Sarah Palin has called for them for Julian Assange and them to be oh guess, yeah Ooh. executed or whatever. Um, what's his name that's got his Fox show that ran for president last time? The uh, Lieberman. I know Lieberman has been really on his heels. Yeah, he he's certainly one of them that is supposedly firing off letters to everybody that tries to host WikiLeaks and whatever. And uh, there's the one Fox commentator guy, the old minister that has his own show now that has called for them to be charged as um, for treason or whatever, even though they're not um, U.S. citizens. So how you would charge somebody foreign with that i don't have a clue but uh yeah there's a number of them that are calling them terrorists and all kinds of stuff which i find kind of ironic it's like okay the government insists that we essentially let them see us naked and everything so we have nothing to hide which if we have nothing to hide we should should have no reason to argue against things like the naked body scanners yet when the thing the tables are turned on the government they get all upset and start calling to kill people. Yeah, and and the truth of the matter is the person who actually leaked the documents is already in custody. So it's just that they received them. So this would be the equivalent of the, the Twitter papers that was sent to Mike, uh, Michael Arrington about the, the, you know, the Google Docs that got uh, hacked into. That's what this reminds me of. Um, there's a lot of juicy stuff in here, but as what um, you know, Defense Secretary Gates said, um, there's not really anything that was released that is that endangers the United States. Yeah, it's there's all kinds of stuff where it's like there's mud being slung around. I, as far as um, I think there is talk of one person who, who is having, who has some really hot maid or something like that, <laughs> travel with him all across the world or whatever. And there were apparently some of the cables that they were talking about, which I don't know why they call them cables. If that's just because they're secure transmissions on a particular type of cable, rather than say over the open internet or whatever. I I don't know. I really haven't looked I- into that. I think it's a legacy term. Could be. Just like not. how how we said the number one record on the chart is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's um I guess there's some now. I I think there's some relating to UFOs, I believe, which that one kind of surprised me a little bit. Um and apparently there's some now indicating that the Entertainment industry in the U.S., also known as the RAA and MPAA, apparently wrote Spain's copyright bill. Not that that really surprises anybody, but at least now we know that for sure. But um, you're, you're getting a little bit of like puffs of air every once in a while, like when you talk. I don't know if it's just because you're like the mic is directly in front of your face or what. But um, let me angle away. How's that? Yeah, that works. You're a little bit quieter now, but that, but I think that's all right. Okay. But yeah, personally, I fully support all these WikiLeaks guys. I think they're doing some great stuff. And I did see a post. I think it was over the weekend where apparently they at least Assange's 
leaked some or has distributed some encrypted documents that apparently contain a bunch of leaks from, well, no one knows for sure, but it's believed to be banks, BP, all kinds of things to people all around the world, but it's encrypted and they don't think anybody's going to break the encryption. And it's basically just kind of an insurance in case if something should happen to him, he gets arrested or, or whatever, that he can just release the encryption key and there will be all these tons of new documents. Well, I actually, I'm, I'm not in favor of WikiLeaks, personally, as in the information that they're disseminating. Uh, but I am in favor of, you know, following the law. And they haven't broken the law, so I think uh, people who are like the government ripping domain names from people and uh, bullying co- private companies into uh, not doing business with with them, I think uh, is is kind of a bully tactic, and that's what I'm against. Um, I'm not going to say I'm for or against WikiLeaks, but um, uh, it might do some good. It might you know do some damage, but at this point, I mean, time will tell. But I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely against the retaliation that's going uh, because of this. Yeah, still getting those strange little puffs or whatever on your end, but that's okay. Although I just realized that the order of the stories, I kind of screwed that up. There was a perfect story to go after this one having to do with all these leaked cables and stuff. But uh, I guess we can come back to that later. And uh, moving on to the whole DNS issue. It's apparently... After the government decided to take down a bunch of domain names, or was it like 82 domain names or something like that, for supposedly piracy and stuff like that, apparently now the co-founder of, or well, actually the spokesperson, the former spokesperson at the Pirate Bay, Peter Sunday, also known as Brokip, is tossing around the idea of a peer-to-peer DNS system, so that way no government can go to an organization like ICANN and request that domain names be killed. Yeah, there's severe problems with implementing a system like this. Um, uh, It would be slower, and uh, it'd be uh, reliant upon the network to make sure things are routed appropriately. I mean, I think, what was that, a month ago that China messed up a router, and some of a lot of uh, the world's internet traffic was was passed through China because of their DNS configuration. Um, something like that could happen on a an alternate system like this, uh, depending on how malice someone is. Uh, but I mean, the internet kind of runs on trust as it is. That's why something like China happened. But uh, this would mean more people would have to be trusted. But I think something redundant is and and hard to take down is something that could be an advantage yeah and they didn't they don't really explain it too much in this article i believe it was the pirate bay that i read more details on it as far as like how they're expecting this to work and that's that you're going to have to have a piece of software running in the background of your computer and it'll be used to access certain domains you're not going to mm-hmm. use it to access things like google or yahoo or anything like that it's going to be basically these just these domains that want to use this peer-to-peer DNS with, and I believe it'll have a certain 
uh, suffix to it. So instead of a dot com, it'll be a. Uh, I can't think of what it's supposed to be. It could actually be a dot anything, I guess. Uh, <sighs> since, since it's not an ICANN based address, you can do dot animal if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the particular extension that they were talking about doing is. Basically, in order to access these sites, you'd have to have this software running on your machine. And this software is basically meant as a peer-to-peer system to be able to look up the DNS information from other people instead of a central server. Mm-hmm. And whenever there's changes, they would just propagate throughout all the people. Uh, it, it, it's certainly an interesting idea. They've, they're, I think it's still there's still talks of how to do the implementation and stuff, but it, from what it sounds like to me, it sounds like this is kind of a done deal that it will happen. It's just a matter of how long it'll take and some of the implementation details. But yeah. when you have like the Pirate Bay guys behind it, you know that at least they have an idea of what they're doing. Oh, also, I mean, there could be competing systems at the same time as this one. Um, the question is, will it will it grab onto every uh, people? Do it, will it become the majority of the alternate alternate systems out there to uh, getting to these domains? Uh, there there might be several different competing ter- uh, competing services out there. Uh, I personally use OpenDNS. I use them as well because right. they're the fastest DNS provider in my area. Right. So there could be another company that does the same thing um, and could mux uh, the alternate domain system with the new domain system and support both, and that could catch on. Never know. Or it could be just another company like OpenDNS, but they could be called OpenXDNS or something like that and just and only house. Uh, alternate DN, D, uh, DNS entries. So um, I'm, I'm guessing people are going to say there's better ways of doing things or faster ways of doing things, and uh, I think we're just going to have new technology that will fix these problems. Yeah, I don't think it will be so much about efficiency as providing sites a way of staying up online without having to worry as much about censorship from the government, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of DNS issues, like I said, I use OpenDNS. Apparently, it's like twice now since like Thursday or Friday, Comcast has had major DNS issues. Oh, yeah. I think it's like Friday or whatever, their East Coast DNS servers had gone down as to where Comcast customers on the East Coast didn't have DNS. Last night, they went down, I think, in like the Midwest as to where people didn't have DNS unless they were using another provider. So personally, I recommend if you're looking to change your DNS or generally it's probably a good idea to stay away from your um, ISP's DNS servers anyway. So that way something like this happens, you're not in that big of a jam. But what I would recommend is I would go go to grc.com and download the... uh, DNS benchmark program that Steve Gibson has released over there. It's a free program, and you can find out what the fastest DNS is for you. Because depend, it's not going to be the same. <coughs> excuse me, it's not going to be the same for everybody else, depending on where you live and all kinds of other things. So, if you want to find the fastest DNS system, run that benchmarking software, and then just switch to whoever that 
DNS provider happens to be. Like I said, in my case, it's OpenDNS. They're the fastest ones. Sometimes, depending on where you are, maybe it's Google is the fastest one, which I believe their DNS servers is 8.8.8.8. Just just some ideas for those wanting to avoid DNS issues as well as give a little bit of a speed boost to their internet use. Yeah, I personally, I, I use... OpenDNS is my primary, and Google as my secondary. Yeah, I believe that's what I do as well. Actually, I'm not sure what my secondary is. I think it's Google. But at least with them, if OpenDNS does happen to go down, and of course that's been known to happen, I think it happened once this year, I believe, Um, at least I have Google's DNS memorized as to where I can just go into my router configuration and hit 8.8.8.8, and I'm good to go. Yeah. That's good. But uh, glad they chose something so easy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of nice. But um, uh, wow, some I really should have done a better job reorganizing these stories. Anyway, um, apparently I must have been really tired before we did the show. Uh, apparently, Congress has passed the Calm Act, so maybe I should use some loud TV commercials to wake myself <laughs> up while I still can. Well, this, is, I mean, this is still good. I mean, uh, we're talking about U.S. control of ICANN, and now we're talking about U.S. control of of TV. So. Yeah, this is kind of nice. I mean, this is... People have been complaining about loud TV commercials for yeah. the better part of 50 years now. Because yeah. essentially, a lot of these... Uh, advertisers, well, they'll stick their ads in the regular commercial slots for TV shows, but what they do is they, like, up the volume on their commercials. commercials. Ah, Sorry about that. I just bit my tongue. Ouch. Mm -hmm. That when the commercials come on, it's meant to, like, shock you into paying attention because the volume is so loud, which for most people, especially me, I just hit the mute button as soon as it gets ready to go to commercials. Either that or I flip over to a different show. I just fast forward. <laughs> but, yeah, well, uh, that that's when I watch live TV, which is rare because, like everybody knows, I prefer to torrent all my TV shows I really like to watch anyway. Uh, what I wish this covered is uh, internet TV. Well, I guess it's more of a it's less apparent there, but I've seen this problem with Hulu. I've watched Hulu before, and sometimes the commercials are way louder than the programming, and uh, it is uh, it is really, really annoying and bothersome. So hopefully IPTV services will just do this on purpose uh, and, and without needing a, a, a law or a bill from the government to do so. But I'm happy that something like this is coming across because... Loud commercials are just annoying. They don't make you pay attention more. They just make you hate them more. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing I would really hope for. And I don't know if there's any services that I haven't seen that don't have louder pre-roll ads and stuff on videos on the net, whether it's Hulu, YouTube, Zero Punctuation, whoever. There's a good tendency of ads to be louder or at least have different volume levels in the actual content. But at least with this, we're kind of heading in the right direction for as long as TV's still around. 
where now the FCC now has the power to regulate the volume levels of commercials, which I believe they've always had the power to regulate the volume levels of TV shows, but never the commercials. So now they can, I guess they have a year to come up with some volume standards to say, well, they can't be any louder than the TV shows that they're playing on or whatever. And then they believe there's another year for the advertisers or the TV stations to implement the changes that they need to do mm-hmm. so that they're in compliance. So essentially we're get, these loud TV commercials are going to die, but probably not for about another two years. Yeah. Hopefully next on their agenda, websites that play audio clips on launch. Yeah. I, and I would love to see ads that if you accidentally roll over them, that seem to take up half the screen or more, I would love to see those go away as well. I yeah. really hate those things. Yeah. So get on an FCC. Yeah. Enforce that net neutrality. But speaking of videos, at least you don't have to watch commercials during Netflix TV episodes, or at least I don't think so. Well, not yet. And uh, it looks like they're actually paying a pretty penny for episodes, uh, television episodes, so that uh, they can, they're directly funding the the producers of the show instead of having to rely on advertising like Hulu. Um, and if this comes to pass, um, the story is saying that Netflix is paying up to $100,000 per, per television episode, not season, episode, um, to get them on the Netflix network, which would be awesome and uh, totally eliminate my need for Hulu. Yeah, that would certainly... Be nice, especially considering the fact that the Netflix streaming only option is the same. Isn't it the same price as Hulu? Yep, eight bucks. Yeah, that's what I thought. Eight eight bucks a month for streaming. The only difference is that with Hulu, you can get current shows. Like I think it's like the day after they air, which a lot of people can get anyway. Like with Comcast customers, we have the on-demand service as to where I can watch new shows that way, or at least the most recent four new shows or something, something like that of a particular TV series. But I, I would really love to see this come to Netflix, but from the sounds of it, there's some licensing issues that are keeping this from happening anytime soon. Yeah, networks saying they own the rights, and while the producers of the show saying they own the rights and they can resell to whoever they want. Um, so until that gets sorted out, Netflix... Uh, doesn't know exactly who to give the money to. I'm kind of curious to know exactly what TV shows that it's willing to offer $100,000 an episode for. I mean, I can maybe see shows like mm, True Blood, maybe, um, maybe like a 30 Rock or something like that, but mm-hmm. for most TV series... Mad Men? Mad Men? Yeah, yeah. Them, maybe like the Big Bang Theory, something like that. I, I have a hard time seeing that they would be willing to pay seventy-five dollars to $100,000 an episode, considering the fact that out of all of their rights that they've, they have over all of these millions of movies for streaming and mail shipping and whatever, they've only spent $350 million. It, it just seems a little strange. Well, that's on TV shows. And most of their TV shows that they have archived are non-airing TV shows, meaning that they don't show anything that's currently in season. They don't show current season episodes. So um, by definition, 
uh, archived television shows are less uh, less de- in demand than current current season episodes. So th- I think that's why it's not as expensive. Uh, and plus, uh, most of the stuff they get is vintage, and and so that's 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 why I mean it's practically free <laughs> because they've been sitting on the shelf and no one's paying anything for them. So. Um, they can probably get them at a bargain bin basement deal. Yeah, there needs to be more issues worked out with all these rights and stuff anyway, because there's a lot of these old TV shows that aren't on DVD that I would give anything to have them on DVD for. Mm. I, in most cases, that's why I've had to resort to BitTorrent. I mean, like, for example, the Drew Carey show, which I've been watching my way through again. They've only released the first season of the Drew Carey show on DVD, and they released that was like, two years ago maybe mm-hmm. yet they've got like nine other seasons I think that they can release yet presumably because of rights issues or whatever they've never released any of the others which yeah. is really annoying because the torrented versions that I've got some of them have aired on I think some Canadian TV network or something like that as to where they tend to be edited for a lot of stuff which is really annoying yeah I mean I wish that was that the rights for certain songs or movies or television shows or whatever, if it was just standardized. You're going to use it for this, we'll charge you this. And that be that. That way there'll be no negotiation. It would just be this is how much it costs and that's how much it costs. Um, instead of this, you know, uh, car lot dealership negotiation haggle thing that can take forever and may never get resolved. Yeah, as memory serves, shows like The Wonder Years have no plans of ever releasing anything on DVD because the Mm -hmm. rights to the theme music, they cannot get them for whatever reason. So awesome shows like that will probably never see on DVD because somebody's sitting in their basement or whatever with these rights for this music and aren't willing to sell them or whatever for whatever stupid reason even though they can make a boatload of money off of it yeah this is sad um but hopefully i mean netflix is getting big um they're getting all acquiry and buying all these companies and they have the right strategy they're trying to get their their software on uh as many devices as possible so i think from a user's perspective they're doing all the right things in my book yeah, I, I definitely enjoy having a Netflix subscription. Even if I haven't sent back a DVD since, I think it was like October of 2009, I've had the same DVD sitting here underneath my TV just because I mainly use their streaming service. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of getting all acquiring and stuff, did you hear about all the talks between Google and Groupon last week? I heard the rumors. <laughs> yeah, apparently up until the end of last week, they were Google was looking to acquire Groupon for $6 billion. But I guess on Friday or whatever, Groupon decided to walk away from the table because the Groupon CEO sold a bunch of his stock a while back as to where money is never an object for him ever again. So he doesn't care if he ever sells from the sounds of the, actually I'm, I'm hearing rumors of an IPO coming next year but it, it amazes me just how big Groupon is 
Yeah, I'm not sure if all that was true. To tell you the truth, I, in my gut, it doesn't make sense. Six mm-hmm. billion? No. Yeah, it, it seems like Groupon's kind of small for six billion, or at least I don't hear a lot of average everyday people talking about it for it to be worth anywhere near that. Right. I can maybe see like two billion or something like that. So that was someone that made a comment saying that means that Groupon is has a bigger evaluation than Twitter. Yeah, speaking of which, apparently, as of last week or the week before, whatever, Facebook has been evaluated now at $50 billion. Yeah. Which, that's just retarded. I don't I don't see how they could at all have that kind of evaluation. I mean, you're talking about people that, when you piss them off with privacy issues or whatever, they can easily just jump to a MySpace or something like that. It's kind of hard to give that high of a concrete evaluation. Oh well, it's all about how it is now, not necessarily where they're going to be. Um, that that does affect it, but right now they're they are an extremely large network of people and advertising, and also when they come out with their own currency, and uh, they'll be getting a kick. I mean, a cut a kickback from every single app on Facebook. Yeah, that sounds about right. Fifty billion. Yeah, I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm noticing now in a lot of like grocery stores and stuff these Facebook yep. uh, gift card things for using like on Farmville and stuff, which I just find that totally ridiculous. Yep, yep. By the way, I hate their new profiles. That just I just had to get out of the way. <laughs> you know, I haven't really noticed much of a difference myself. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't pay as close of attention. But compared to whenever they've made changes in the past, I haven't really noticed anything. Oh, well, uh, some custom tabs are missing because it used to be able you used to be able to add a tab. Uh, like for instance, you could add hey, you could add a, your your own blog as a tab on your Facebook huh. uh, page. So those custom tabs are gone. Um, uh, one option I used a lot was the filter tab, in which you could filter the posts to only see. The post by that one person on their wall. Um, that was there when I when I looked earlier this afternoon, or at least it was still there for me. Was it on a fan page or was it on an individual profile page? Uh, I know for sure that it was on a fan page. Let yeah, it's still on the fan pages, but it's then on the profile pages. Yeah, so let's say, let me check a profile page. Uh, yeah, I'm still getting a filter option on people's profile pages. Really? Yeah. Is it relocated or something? Uh, no, it's just under the lower right corner of... Oh, shoot. Okay. Now I'm finding another user that says that they've upgraded to the new profile page and I can click a button to get the new profile page if I want. Oh, okay. You're still on the old pages then. Yeah, apparently with some people I'm on the old pages, some people I'm on the new pages. But yeah, yeah. Looking, looking at the old pages, yeah, the filter tab's gone. Yeah. Which is really annoying. Yeah. I, I use that feature almost every day. Well, for most people, I don't notice a whole bunch of other people posting to their wall unless there's something... Like a happy birthday, happy anniversary, yep. something like that. That's the only time I ever usually see people posting to other people's walls. That's what I use it mostly for for 
when I go to people's page for their birthday. Yeah, usually when I go to people's page for, my, for their birthday, if there's multiple people on one day, I just copy and paste the words happy birthday into each person's thing, hit share, whatever the button's called, and get off as fast as I can. Well, when, you, when it's someone's birthday, I use that as an opportunity to catch up with them and figure out what they're doing um, if they haven't put, appeared in my uh, regular news feed. So I filter and see what they're doing for their birthday. <laughs> yeah, usually I just keep real close tabs on my news feed so I never have to worry about that. But speaking of keeping close tabs on people, apparently the Department of Justice is looking to uh, wait. Am I? Yeah, I skipped a whole bunch of stories there. DOJ uh, ramping up crackdown on copywriting infringing sites. Yeah, this kind of stems from the whole thing. What was that last week, two weeks ago, where there was the eighty-two mm-hmm. or whatever domain names that got shut down, including that torrentfinder.com and everything. Well, apparently that's just kind of the Department of Justice warming up. The new copyright czar, Victoria Espinel, is apparently saying that there's going to be a lot more things like that coming to shut down these rogue websites for that share copyrighted content, such as music, movies, pharmaceutical drugs, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, they're on the war page. I, I wonder if they got some sort of grant <laughs> or like how much money uh, is getting pumped into the government to get this done because uh, this seems all of a sudden and, and without warning or provocation that they just want to say, you know what, let's start shutting down sites. Yeah, I mean, I can see it for things like pharmaceutical drugs because that's yeah something that's- you definitely don't want to be people buying knockoff stuff with. But... And but if places it, it are all depends. Like, is it is it a health concern? Because once again, knockoff drugs that's a that's a you know that's an issue of the pharmaceutical injury industry. If someone complains, then you sue them. That's all you need to do. Yeah, I, I think in most cases where the pharmaceutical places are selling the actual drugs or maybe they're the actual drugs under a knockoff name or something like that then I think that should be up to the pharmaceutical companies to pursue but if it's something where these pharmaceutical companies are selling drugs that end up being placebos or something like that then I think the government needs to step in and do something about them but for things like just sharing movies and music I think the government needs to just stay out of the way i think the the recording industries and stuff seem to be having too much fun with that themselves with all their lawsuits and everything anyway they just need to concentrate on doing their job and that's it yeah speaking of which um late this afternoon i noticed that 97 percent of the lawsuits filed by the u.s copyright group have been dropped Um, really yeah, I, I forget the number off the top of my head. Some four thousand and whatever uh, of the suits have been dropped as to where there's only like a hundred and twenty-six left or something like that. Because basically, they took everything that they knew for a fact wasn't within the the jurisdiction of the District of Columbia and threw it out. Okay. Apparently, they Smart. can re- refile at a later time because they did it without prejudice or whatever. But mm-hmm. Um, they have dropped 97% of the lawsuits. 
All right, well, that nice. sounds like uh, less carpet uh, bombing and more more laser focus, which is what they should do. If it if it matters that much, you know, don't just try to scare people. Prosecute the prosecute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of nice to see their whole business idea kind of going down the drain there. But anyway, speaking of piracy and videos and stuff like that, apparently the MPAAs is reminding educational institutions that if they don't do everything they can to stop copyright, they can lose federal funding. Yeah, they're saying that they should use uh, some of their money, instead of using it for education, use it to beef up their network and help spy on their students and also help uh, block CD sites like P2P, P2P sharing sites and stuff like that, which uh, I'm not sure if I'm a student and I'm paying for a service that I get, uh, especially if in a university where I could be doing research, that anything should be restricted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think any kind of censorship like this on a college campus is kind of crazy, especially when, as memory serves, the DMCA has a an exception in it for copyrighted content for educational use. Yes, it does, yeah. So, uh, usually RTF and other film majors, yeah. Yeah, so that seems kind of a bit strange there. But, yeah, apparently they're sending out all these warning notices and everything saying, okay, you've had enough time to get your networks ready and everything, so... Mm-hmm. If you don't have them ready by like now, we're going to start reporting you to the government and stuff for not pursuing these guys and whatever and trying to shut down the students that are sending around these files illegally, which I don't know. I would think that for if it's peer to peer that they're after, you'd think that they would maybe use that students would just start using a service like Dropbox to share files or Onion Router. And just yeah, an anonymizer, yeah. Um, and we've heard all this before from the RIAA, uh, but now this is the MPAA. Um, so I'm thinking same story, um, same outcome, um, that this effort's not really going to do much. Yeah, I, I would just like to see the head of some major university like a Harvard or something right back to the MPAA telling them, screw you. Mm-hmm. That would just be awesome. But speaking of students and education and whatnot, apparently students especially are being warned to stay away from the leaked WikiLeaks uh, cable, or at least the government is saying to stay away from them. Yeah, um, what they're saying is prospective employees of the government shouldn't comment or make their stance public uh, about whether they're for or against any of these cables or comment on the, the contents of such um, so that that their employment in the future won't be prejudiced by this. And there goes any hope I have of getting any top-secret clearance within my life. <laughs> Not that I really care about that anyway, because from my understanding, for like the top-secret clearance and stuff, they have... Like the FBI or whatever has to go through and interview all your family members, all your friends and everything, and I don't want to be that kind of a bother to friends and family and whatever just because I want top secret clearance for something or other. Um, 
I actually have some knowledge about this, but um, rarely do you need top secret clearance. Um, secret clearance is usually what you would get um, for generally, um, and and it's usually just a phone interview. It's not that big of a deal. Huh. The the paperwork is the big deal on your part to to write down your history. The questionnaires. Uh, hassle. I, I actually worked on government bases, so I, I went through the process of getting secret clearance. Hmm. Yeah, it's just never been something I really wanted to mess with. I mean, it would certainly opened me up to some more job possibilities, especially if I wanted to work around here, because like, if I wanted to... Cause there's a ton of military bases around here with like mm-hmm. NORAD and Fort Carson and all kinds of others, so... I do see listings every so often for jobs on the basis saying, hey, we want you to have secret clearance or top secret clearance or whatever. It's like, you know, it would be cool to work on some of the government projects and stuff. But at the same time, I don't think I really want to have to mess with stuff like that. Not to mention, I'm usually lucky I can keep my mouth shut with NDAs, much less stuff like that. Well, to get any kind of security clearance, you have to have a sponsor. If uh, for that you actually have to have a job that requires you to get the clearance, so you can't just say I want to get clearance without having a project that it's attached to. Um, mm. So you actually have to have a position in which uh, you, the clearance is required, and so it has to be justified before you even go the process of getting cleared. Just for the record. Hmm. Well, that's certainly good to know. But yeah, students probably. I think this just kind of is goes along the same lines of be careful what you publish on your social networks because future mm-hmm. employers might be looking. Yeah, and for the record, they say if you have secret clearance, you shouldn't tell people you have secret clearance. So you should refrain from doing so if you do. Of course, if you do have it, you know that. Hmm. Yeah, right, moving on. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like just because you use uh, or. Yeah, it's basically like Fight Club rules. <laughs> yeah, it's because um, if they if people know you have secret clearance, then they want to know why you have secret clearance. They're like, what did you work on and what you can't say? And it's just it's more of a burden mm-hmm. to say that you have secret clearance. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be so much interested in that as I would want whoever has the secret clearance to see if they can dig up certain files for me, like around UFOs <laughs> and stuff like that. that yeah, that, that'd be illegal. Yeah, that would be more what I would be interested in. I I could care less what military project you're working on. I just want to know about the UFOs. What if that is the military project? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, they, if I can knock out two birds with one stone, then I guess that works too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, speaking of things that students do a lot of, apparently video games are good for you, especially at work. Yeah, and if you're in pain or if you're having a chronic illness uh, or if you just generally need to be distracted while, while um, you're going through a traumatic experience, um, this study shows that video games help alleviate um, stresses and physical pain. Yeah, apparently it's as good of a pain relief as aspirin is, which I'm kind of surprised by that. I mean, I know that when I'm like sick or whatever and I'm sitting at home playing video games I don't seem to pay near as much attention to whatever pain I may be in so that part of this certainly makes 
a lot of sense to me, and that's what their research has shown. But yeah, I'm kind of surprised it's as good as something like aspirin or whatever. I I, I know. That, so this study is also talking about um, pain through severe coldness and uncomfortableness. Um, but I've seen studies saying that uh, video games, especially virtual reality games or simulations, have been used to help combat PTSD. Um, so uh, this electronic stimuli has multiple multiple use cases that are beneficial to people. Yeah, what was it? Uh, I think about two weeks ago I saw some information from a study saying that games like Tetris were really helpful to members of the military that were suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. So, yeah, there seems to be a lot of medical benefits to video games, despite the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger and many others seem to want to make them illegal if they possibly can. Yeah, and restrict it. Um, and uh, Also, I mean, sim- simulations uh, have been shown to... Uh, help make workers more efficient by instead of going through traditional training, um, they go through a more interactive training playing video games. Uh, and there's a nice, nice example in the story about Cold Stone Creamery used it to uh, help correct employees' mistakes um, by not giving too much ice cream to customers. Yeah, now I finally have a, an answer as to why I've been getting less and less ice cream when I go there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised. This game reminds me of, I, I think there was like a game that, like, what was it, like Pepsi or something like that? Or Coke was doing kind of in this same little visual style a few years ago that uh, I can't think of what kind of a promotion it was part of. Well, this kind of reminds me of The Sims. As least yeah, it's, it's a very Sims kind of style game, but it's got like a bit of a cartoony look to yeah. it. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how this game is supposed to help you dish up a certain amount of ice cream or whatever. I guess it looks like um, it apparently tells you how many ounces of wasted ice cream you've used and whatever. But yeah, I, I've been known to play video games at work when nobody else is around, and it certainly improves my mood and usually my focus and stuff. A lot of times when nobody's around, I'll fire up a game of Team Fortress 2 or Unreal Tournament or maybe some Age of Empires Online or something like that. And it certainly helps me. Yeah, even, you know, using a, playing a casual game on my phone, sometimes when I'm at work or during my lunch break or, or when I have a second to myself, and just play for a minute or two, um, I feel that it does relax me and help refocus my mind, especially if I'm concentrating on a really, really serious task for a very long time. Um, I know it, it helps for me, and it seems that this study confirms that it helps for many people. Yeah, that's why I recommend everybody should at least have a copy of Angry Birds on your phone so that you can play it during the day. Right. But um, anyway, speaking of... Getting access to video games online? Yeah. Apparently, all federal there's a bill that's I guess has, has been introduced by Senators Olympia Snow, a Republican from Maine, and Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, for installing Wi-Fi base stations in all federal buildings. Yeah, so this 
this act will help uh, put in the design of current buildings under construction and then uh, retrofit older buildings uh, by 2014 so uh, that they will have access for the public on all public areas to relieve the strain on cell networks. Yeah, I think that's kind of strange. I'm kind of surprised that yeah. this is actually being proposed. I mean, I can I can see them maybe having public access points so that if somebody's at, say, like the courthouse or whatever, and they need to get access to a document in their email or whatever, having open Wi-Fi would certainly be nice. But for the, to say that you're doing it to alleviate the strain on cellular networks seems kind of strange because I've never heard of any cellular cellular network griping about how much bandwidth the government is using. Right, and plus if it is an issue with uh, the networks being strained, uh, they should just install repeaters uh, and and or, or increase their back backhaul in those locations, uh, and and then at that point. Um, the infrastructure would be the 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 responsibility of the cell network. Um, when the U.S. government installs all this Wi-Fi in all these buildings, they have to pay for the equipment and the maintenance uh, of this this new equipment. Um, if the problem is there's too much load on the cell networks, make the cell networks fix it. Yeah, make them buy more towers. Speaking of which. Uh... Sprint is shutting down the IDEN network by 2013, or phasing it out, I guess, in favor of LTE or whatever. Yeah, but, what are those five people going to do? Yeah, I don't know. We're all kind of screwed, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll certainly be glad to see it go away. I mean, I, I, have, I love the push-to-talk feature, but the IDEN network is so slow. I mean, just to load up a basic web page is really slow i it it makes it makes it as to where i can't even really use the browser on android i have to use opera and its special compression technologies and stuff to mm-hmm. get around the internet with even a halfway decent speed oh uh little side tracking uh here um so you've heard that gingerbread was released today yes. one of the new features of gingerbread is vo- is voice over IP is built in, so that that would be a great great replacement for. Hmm. Right. Well, that would certainly be nice to have, or at least at least I would like to have Skype built into it. Well, well, that's up to Skype. They could definitely do that. It's an open platform. Yeah. Well, I've only got what is that? Four hundred and fifty minutes a month, which. Generally speaking, is more than enough. But whenever I end up with conference calls or phone interviews or something like that, I then I tend to blow through 450 rather quickly as to where I end up spending most more of my time on Skype than anything else because I pay what three bucks a month for Skype or whatever. It's like might as well. Mm. That and not to mention Skype, I tend to get better audio quality with anyway. But. Yeah, this would be certainly interesting to see. It would be nice to ha- actually have Wi-Fi the next time I'm stuck down at the courthouse renewing license plates or whatever that I can surf on. All right, and hopefully they'll play games so that the pain of 
<laughs> waiting uh, at the DMV won't be so so hard. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got a couple more years yet before I have to renew. Actually, at least in Colorado, uh, under certain conditions, you can renew your license on uh, online now, which is really nice. Oh, you can do that in Texas, uh, as long as you do it before it expires, which is nice. Yeah, you have to do it here. It's, it's before your, it expires. If you're going from a minor's license to somebody that's 21 and over, you have to actually go in and deal with the DMV. But otherwise, if you're like over 21 and whatever, you can just renew it online, which is really nice. Yeah, which but is great. Otherwise, if you actually end up getting stuck at the DMV, go in the middle of week, middle of the week at around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I find that's when there's usually the least number of people in line. Yeah, or if you get at 10 a.m., that's a nice good... So if you get in the middle... Of between morning and lunch, or lunch and the end of the day. That's the two good times to go. Yeah, usually between lunch and the end of the day. When I had to renew my license a couple of years ago, I went down there first thing in the morning, and I was... I don't remember how many people I was back in line, like 11 people back in line or something like that. And just to get through one person, I think it was like 45 minutes or something crazy. So it's like, okay, screw this, I'm missing work for this i don't think so so i just left and came back at like two in the afternoon uh, there was nobody in line i was in i was out it was just perfect yeah don't go at the beginning of the morning 10 a.m yeah or yeah or two yeah. yeah just don't go in there when all the people are on their lunch hour because things tend to get slow yeah that's what they mean by drive at 10 at 2 mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> but speaking of the feds apparently they're looking to or they have been tracking Americans' real-time credit card activity, and they don't need a warrant to do it. Well, they seem to be getting subpoena, subpoena, subpoenas to to get access to this information. Uh, my question is, how come I don't have access to my real-time credit card activity? <laughs> if this information is available, I want access to it. You know, I'm not even sure my bank has access to it. I mean. Whenever I've there's been a couple of instances when my credit my credit card or debit card or whatever has been frozen because of purchases that I've made. I I believe one was where you buy two pairs of gas or two tanks of gas and a pair of shoes or whatever. It'll automatically freeze your card. Well, that's happened to me before because I bought a couple of tanks of gas and bought some boots online or whatever, and it's like. The, the company, instead of calling me and telling me right that instant, hey, there's some strange activity on your card or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll usually like wait 24 hours and then call me. It's like, uh, okay, yeah, you're yeah. really on top of things. Right. Thanks for locking my card without calling me. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets kind of annoying on occasion. It doesn't happen too often, but maybe like once a year or so. But right. yeah, it, I tend to get calls from my credit card company it's like did you really make a purchase in china it's like yes i have i'm having some memory cards imported or something like that Mm -hmm. but yeah i'm kind of surprised that they seem to be able to get these warrantless tracking of credit card activity without having any worries of the fourth amendment or anything like that just because they've filed a simple subpoena Right. Uh, I'm just curious in what it's, I, I don't know the details and in what instance uh, or how often they've used this power. 
but um, hopefully it's not being abused, and I think that's what this story is trying to imply. But I, I would, I think I would have heard more of about it, or been picked up by more people if it was. Yeah, for those that um, want to know more, and I haven't gone through and to see if I can figure out how often this is used, because apparently this information, which is like a ten slide slideshow, was apparently retrieved through a Freedom of Information Act request. But yeah, I'm not sure how often it's been used. But you definitely want to be a little bit more careful about what you're using your credit cards for. Mm-hmm. The non-disposable ones. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I actually I've got several of those disposable ones that I need to use up. But um, I'm unless I'm ordering something online, which tends to be a lot of stuff, I stick to strictly cash, other than the gas stations because I don't want to have to go in and deal with the gas station attendant and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, if I'm going to the grocery store or it don't matter, I am strictly cash everywhere. Mm-hmm. It just makes me a little bit harder to track. I figure if they want to know about me, they can watch my Twitter stream. Because <laughs> most of that stuff tends to end up there anyway. Well, that is if they can get on Twitter. Our last story talking about how... The pool of IPv4 addresses are running dry in weeks. So we're in the matter of weeks now. Um, so people who are uh, trying to get online for the first time uh, may have problems if they're not able to get an address. Yep, I believe we are now down to, uh, I think it's like 3% of the IP addresses or of the IPv4 addresses are left because they gave out another slash 8 block last week and i think there's only mm-hmm. what seven, seven left yep so yeah we're going to be completely out in a matter of weeks depending on which part of the world you're in mm-hmm. um you won't necessarily start feeling the crunch right away there's depending on which apparently there's um ican or whatever that or iana actually that which is the internet assign numbers authority which is a part of ICANN that is the one that's divvying up all of these IP addresses to all of these regional um, areas like the ARIN RIPE that kind of thing and apparently depending on just which part of the world you live in and under which one of these other groups that you fall under Depends on just kind of how fast their IP they're burning through their IP addresses as to where you're going to have to worry about this. Um, I don't recall exactly which uh, area is going to be having some issues the soonest, and I believe there's a couple of areas that are going to be okay at least through the end of the year. But then after that, it's kind of everybody's on their own and everybody's screwed. Assuming your ISP doesn't put put you behind some kind of a wide area NAT thing, which is going to just freaking break everything. Yeah, or for instance, if they they do make the migration over to IPv6. Yeah, which of course that's going to break everything too. Right. Or at least it's going to break all pretty much most legacy software, like old games that heck or something like that that has to use IPv4 addresses because there's 
there seems to be very little software that yeah. is compatible with something like IPv6. And it's like all those Windows XP systems you hear about, they're all going to be broken. Um, if we're talking about like even like ATMs with running OS2 warp and all that stuff, those all could be broken. All those point of sale machines could be broken. There's a lot of things that's going to break. Yeah, I'm hoping that what I'd like to see is that with all these mobile devices, your phones, your iPads and stuff like that, that they're all IPv6 ready and just shove all them. And since they are ready and you don't have to worry about all this, all these decades of legacy software on those, shove all those over to IPv6 so that you can save the IPv4 stuff for the platforms that need it the most. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. Uh, that would uh, assume some sort of organization. <laughs> yeah, this is one great, big, gigantic, chaotic mess. And when things really, when things kind of hit the fan next year, it's going to be a real problem. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of exciting to watch. Yeah, it's going to be a race for like who has money. Because the only people who can recover quick enough are people who are able to scramble and, and replace all the equipment that's going to be needed to get this working. Yeah, it's. I'm kind of wondering, uh, last week there was a story on our local news saying that, the, that our Comcast rates, at least here in Colorado, are going up like 4.6%. And of course it all depends on which particular package or whatever you have. And they... One of their excuses for jumping the rates was that they're making investments into the future or whatever. Well, considering we've already got um, Doxus 3.0 and everything here, I'm kind of wondering exactly what those are. I'm wondering if maybe it has something to do with IPv6. Yeah. It's going to be chaos, and the thing is, I don't think many people, many regular people even know what's going on or what's about to happen. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, if I can stay stick with IPv4 for the rest of my life, I'd be happy just because there's a lot of legacy games and stuff that I would just be rather irritated if it broke them. Yeah, well, we all are, I mean, change is the only constant, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and the sad thing is, They've seen this coming for decades, and still nobody has bothered to get ready. Right. And the other sad thing is that was our last story. Yep. We are done for this week. Um, But, of course, we happen to have run over like we did. I don't know if it's quite as bad as last week, but I enjoyed last week's show. But anyway, like I said, you can check out all of the stories in the show notes at globalgeeknews.com, as well as all the other cool stuff getting posted there, like the computer hardware wreath and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video of them fighting over pizza and other WikiLeaks updates and all kinds of stuff. So make sure to check those out at globalgeeknews.com. And, of course, if you have any comments, suggestions, whatever, whether it's for the 100th show or the next show, it don't matter, you can either you can let us know at globalgeeknews at gmail.com, or if you can fit it into 140 characters, you can let us know at globalgeeknews on Twitter, or you can use our comments in the comments for the show notes, which is 
is going to be, of course, located at globalgeeknews.com under the show number 91. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at PCNerd37, and there's, of course, a lot of overlap between at Global Geek News and at PCNerd37, because I run both of them. And you can also follow Wesley, who is at Wesley83 on Twitter. And he does all kinds of awesome things over at WesleyFaulkner.com, too. At least I when try. Tumblr is up. <laughs> yes. Well, even when it's down. I mean, it's not a Tumblr-based blog. Uh, but I do syndicate there. Yeah, I, I was thinking it was a Tumblr blog for some reason. Oh, no, it's posturous. Oh, okay. I always get those two confused for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, definitely all, all these awesome stuff hang, that's going on over there. I highly recommend everybody go check that out. But I uh, do believe we are done for this week, so I assume we're on for next week? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Alrighty, so I guess we will see all of you next week, and don't forget to tell all of your friends and family to check out Global Geek News as well. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.